Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z, the ultimate guide for real estate investors. I'm your host, Steph Boldrini. We cover everything you need to know from finding and analyzing properties to financing and managing your investments. Tune in every week for experts' insights and tips so you can make your commercial real estate dreams come true. And in today's episode, I will be talking about the state of commercial real estate in San Francisco, California. I will be giving you my personal insights of what I have seen happen to the city and what I think has led the city to this travesty that is currently happening today. And I'll start with the headlines that are making the news. And all of these headlines came out in the last one month, every single one of them. Here we go. So let's get started with the very first one. A San Francisco office building that was worth $300 million pre-pandemic now is in contract for around $60 million. And that is between 200 to 225 a square foot. The building next door at 550 California is reportedly in contract for $130 a square foot. Lastly, a friend of mine put an offer in an office building about a month ago. Her offer was $75 a square foot. And although she did not get the building, she ended up going to the second round, which means that people are considering $75 a square foot. Let that sink in for a bit. Rent was getting close to $100 a square foot per year. And now you are able to buy an entire office building for between one and a half to two years worth of rent pre-pandemic. Well, let's start where things started to heat up a bit. The first red flag is that we currently have 33% official office vacancy And the reality is that the the actual number is probably, my guess is that it's around 50 to 60% because the official vacancy is actual vacant space that is up for lease. The actual vacancy is a different number that I think is close to double of what it is because there are companies that still have a lease and they have these office spaces that are actually vacant. However, they have a lease and that space is up in the sublease market. So it is available for sublease and that does not get counted on the official vacancy number. So I think the reality is between 50 and 60% of actual vacancy, it could be more, it could be less. That is my guess. To give you a perspective, vacancy rate pre-pandemic was at an all-time low of around 5%. So going from 5 to 33% is an increase that nobody would have ever imagined or predicted. It's not 100% increase, it's not 200, it's not 300. 
it's between a 600 and 700% increase. And this again is not accounting for the sublease market. Uber announced that they will be leasing out their entire office building in San Francisco. And also Google uh, announced that they will be shedding 1.4 million square feet of office space in Silicon Valley. As we all know, commercial loans are three, five, seven year fixed. A lot of them are coming up. And so they have to refinance at not only double the interest rate, but also they have to refinance when their office building is completely vacant, which nobody will give you financing for that. So operators are returning the keys to the bank or they are having fire sales, which is what happened with this 350 California Street building. Now let's move on to the next headline. Nordstrom is closing both of its stores in downtown San Francisco, citing the changing dynamics of the area that hasn't recovered since the pandemic and has been in the spotlight for crime. AT&T just announced that they're closing its flagship store, citing declining customer visits, occupancy, and sales. Cinemark also just decided to permanently close the Century San Francisco Center and XD Theater following a review of local business conditions. This is not to mention the Whole Foods that was open for just one year and it announced that it was going to be closing because of safety issues and also 20 other major retailer closures since the pandemic. Out of those 20, I'll read some of them for you. So not only Nordstrom, but also Saks Off Fifth, Anthropology, Office Depot, Amazon Go, The Real Real, CB2, Banana Republic, Atleta, The Container Store, Crate and Barrel, Disney, Marshalls, H&M, and Gap. These are all huge stores. I know them. Imagine how many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of square feet will be available for rent right now in the retail space alone in this city. But who would want to open anything there when criminals can steal whatever they want or technically up to $950 uh, there are homeless tents in many of these major streets. These people are on drugs, a lot of the times shooting themselves up with needles. Uh, sometimes you're stepping on needles yourself. Sometimes they're using the bathroom right in front of you. Sometimes they come screaming at you. So why and who would want to take up that space for rent and who would even be successful there to begin with. And then just two days ago, Westfield Mall announces that they are returning the keys to the bank. They have been operating in the San Francisco center for more than two decades. They are attributing this decision to the challenging operating conditions in downtown San Francisco, which have led to decline in sales, occupancy, and foot traffic. 
So no matter how much you want to revitalize or repurpose that area, you must number one, deal with putting people in jail when they commit crimes because no retailer with half a brain cell will open up a store knowing that they're going to be losing money due to theft because the criminals know that they are not going to get prosecuted. So that is the biggest thing that the city must change right now. The number two thing, well, <laughs> along with that is, of course, cleaning up the homeless people and putting them in mental institutions or wherever they belong that they will get help and that they will have job opportunities. That's number two. It's not rezoning things which the mayor just announced that they're going to be more lenient on what the usage could be for these office and retail locations. It is really taking care of the place so that people come back to this city. And this leads me to the next set of headlines, which are the owner of Hilton Union Square, which is one of the largest hotels in the city. It is an actual entire block. They are also the owner of Park 55 Hotel. They announced that they will be stopping payments on their loan and returning the keys to the bank. A few other hotels, such as the Huntington Hotel and Yotel, were also in trouble. They were recently sold in foreclosure auctions. And this is not only because San Francisco took a very long time to get out of the COVID mentality, but also because of the crime and uh, all of the issues with the homeless and everything else, people don't want to have conferences in San Francisco anymore, so hotels are struggling. Lastly, on the topic of hotels, CoStar's Senior Director of Hospitability Analytics said that over 30 hotels must deal with loans due in the next two years in the city. To summarize all of these articles up and what is happening in the city in four simple words, go woke, go broke. And at the end of the day, it's hard to say everything at once because there are so many different things that the city has done wrong that it has already spread to other parts of this state, such as Los Angeles. The, the gist of it is that law and order must be restored to the city and state. You cannot be giving free drugs to people. That does not help. I don't know what helps, and that is not my job. I don't get paid to figure out what happens to homeless people uh, that get into drugs. It, we already pay a lot of taxes for the people to figure that out. However, when you really think about it, you know, these people, they get hundreds of millions of dollars just to, quote unquote, deal with the drug and the homeless problem in these cities. And of course, they will never want to get rid of their job. So the city needs a complete and utter cleanup and revamp from the bottom up. So now that we 
heard all of these headlines that literally just happened in the last one month, imagine how many more headlines are coming for this particular city. It is heartbreaking for business owners, real estate investors, and actual law-abiding, tax-paying citizens that live in that city because not only are businesses going down under, but also citizens are leaving the city because there are many other issues with San Francisco that led to its current demise. There is another article that also recently came out showing that cell phone usage data went down by almost 70%, and this accounts for not only the people that were there working, but also people that used to live there and moved somewhere else. Now, what do I think about when I see all of these things happening? To me, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity because I believe that they are going to fix this city at some point, sooner or later. At this point in time, it is finally coming full circle to the politicians because not only are these issues extremely terrible to a city, but also their collection of property taxes has significantly decreased. So now that it is hurting their own pockets, they are, I think, going to start fixing it. So in my opinion, this is a huge opportunity. This is not financial advice. You should consult your experts. However, I personally think that it will be a fantastic time to buy in San Francisco. I think that date will be in about a year because there is just a ton of square footage that still needs to be leased up. And also companies are starting to ask their employees to come back to the office. Facebook just mandated three days in the office starting in September. Other companies like Salesforce have shared that the analysis shows that people in the office are more productive than when they are working from home. And also, I am seeing some startups and some venture capitalists start telling people that people are indeed more productive in the office and that startups are asking employees to come back in person. So it's going to be a little slow process for all of that. However, I asked two very successful, extremely successful people, and they think that even better prices will happen towards the end of this year, 2023, and beginning of 2024. So is it risky? Of course it is risky. It's a huge risk. However, high risk, high reward. And in this case, high risk, even higher reward. So let's say there is a chance to lose on this $60 million office. However, if it comes back up in the next, let's say, five years, it will not only go back to the $300 million that it was worth before, I think, it could potentially be back even higher than that. So someone may lose that $60 million. However, they can potentially make another 250 five years from now. So the risk here is, of course, the purchase price, property tax, insurance, and maintenance until brighter days arise.
So put that in a scale. I wouldn't worry about picking the perfect timing to buy because this is just like stocks. Very few people purchase at the perfect exact timing or sell at the perfect exact timing. However, if you are on the positive, of course, that small percentage wouldn't make a huge difference compared to the upside that people could get. So all of these article links will be under show notes. I will be on the lookout for the ones that are inevitably coming up now and in the next several months. I will be putting the slide that shows all of these articles in one slide on my Twitter and the handle for that is at Steph Bold, S-T-E-F-F-B-O-L-D. My Twitter link will also be under show notes. I hope this was helpful to all of you. I, I believe there is hope for this CD. I don't know how soon things will turn around. It seems like the mayor understands all of the problems. The real problem are the district supervisors that apparently have a whole lot of power. It is a beautiful city and I believe that there is hope for it. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time.